Well, here we go again, again. If we were to rewind the clock 365 days, I started volume one of a series called The World Spins Madly On, and we jumped in with this idea that experience is the best teacher. How many of you ever heard experience is the best teacher? Raise your hands. Absolutely not true. <laughs> not true. Uh, because how many times have you ever said to your kids, uh, how many times do I have to tell you? Because they've had the experience over and over and over and over and over again, and they haven't learned. Experience isn't the best teacher. Here, here, here's, the best, here's the best thing. Evaluated experience is the best teacher. Now, this is why you will hear, see people that are um, wise beyond their years because they've evaluated their experience faster than others their age. Some of that's supernatural wisdom, but some of it can just simply be taught by evaluation, connecting the dots. Have you ever met someone who's 65, but they actually act like they're 27? Because they have not evaluated the last 38 years. They just keep living. Somebody's clapping on their husband right now. They have lived their 27th year, 38 years in a row to get to 65. All right, yeah. It's time to change. It's time. And so as we get into the new year, there's just something powerful. I know it's just one week after the next. It's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday again. There's just something about the, 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 the ball in Times Square dropping. There's something about the, the, the messing up the, the end of your check a couple of different times in 2024 by writing 2023 and having to strike it out and write 2024. And for some of you, a check is where, anyway... Um, you go from uh, old acquaintance be forgot and we step into a new year. And so I want to I wanna jump in and, and ask you a question as the world spins madly on at 1,037 miles per hour. As you take on another 525,600 minutes. As your heart on average beats 35 million beats this year, just like it did last year. Let me ask you, how was last year? How was last year? Let's take a minute and let's evaluate our experience. The good, the bad, the ugly. Many times what can happen is we sense and feel and experience and carry more of the bad than we do the good. Many times we live uh, being reminded of the one-star moments and we forget about the five-star moments. It's important that we evaluate the highs and the lows and everything in between. So let's do a little case study at across all of our locations, including Dieball and Duncan, our correctional center campuses. By the way, Dieball and Duncan, I don't say it enough. You are not a church project for us. You are part of our church family. And we are excited about what God does, wants to do in you guys this year. So... By a case study, let me ask this question. Raise of hands all across our locations. How many of you would say, um, best year ever last year, 2023? Best year ever. Okay, three of you. Come up and preach for me, please. Okay. How many of you would say it was the meh year ever? Like, meh. It wasn't. It was like. Anybody have a meh year ever? Okay, okay. I didn't say meth year ever, by the way. I said meh. <laughs> but we do want to help you if that was a meth year ever, okay? We will. We'll help you. 
How many of you would say, to be honest, it was probably one of the worst years ever? Wow. Wow. Can I just say I'm glad you're here? No matter where you are, no matter how you've evaluated your experience, I'm so glad you're here. You know, I met several people in the uh, lobby between services and before first service that um, they said to me almost like with a little bit of a, uh, it, almost with a little bit of like a apology. Yeah, it's, it's the new year and I, I need to get back into church and I haven't been in a, in a while. No condemnation. I'm glad you're here. What a great way to say, let's start 2024. Full house at our locations at the 10 o'clock services. We're so thrilled to have you. This is the good first step, okay? Good first step. So congratulations, no condemnation here. When you consider from, you know, horns and <laughs> to meh to worst year ever, uh, let's look at 2024 and ask the question, is there anything you'd like to change this year? Is there anything that when you see how you respond or you see financial situation, you see job, you see a wound, a hurt, a, situ a relationship, um, a, a weight, physical, you, whatever it is, is there anything you'd like to change this year? The truth is we don't have the luxury of crossing our arms and wiggling our nose or blinking our eyes and poof, everything's changed. There's only one thing that happens like that. Someday, the, the, the Lord of the universe, Jesus, is going to come again like he first came, and he's going to bring those with him up into the air. We're going to be caught up, and we're changed in the twinkling of an eye. Other than that, there ain't a lot of twinkling in an eye change going on just by you know, rubbing, a genie, rubbing a lamp and expecting the genie to come out. The truth is, write it down. People who want to change, you have to take a next step. It doesn't have to be 100 steps, but it does have to be at least one step. And what we tend to do is we want all 100 steps before we take the next step. We want all the ducks in a row before we make the next decision. We, we want our before and after picture at the gym to be like before, whoo, meh, and after, like on day one. But on day one, the only thing that changes with the picture is your sweat. That's it. Maybe. But if you want to change, you've got to take a next step. And that's what we want to invite you into in a year. There's no better time like now than right now, than the present, for you to engage a process of life transformation. I invite you to do it right here at Timber Creek Church. If you're dipping your toe in the water, you're a guest, or maybe it's been a while, welcome back. It's time to engage the process that Jesus wants to take you in this year, to know him more deeply, to find freedom from anything that might be holding you back to discover purpose of why we're on this earth, two most important days in your life, the day you were born and the day you discover why, and then to make a difference with who God has called you to become for him. You may not make a difference in the world, but you can make a difference in your world. Listen to me, dads and moms. That dining room table is your world. It's your world. And you can make a difference in your world. The prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament, God is speaking to him and he's declaring this over a whole nation. But he's saying, see, I'm doing a new thing. 
It's springing up like a, like, like a bursting forth from, the, from a well. Do you not perceive it? And the truth is, many times we can go right into the next year, and even though we've set a resolution or we've set a goal or we're going to start eating different, we're cleaning out the pantry or we're going to set it up to where we're doing the cash envelope system so we're going to get out of debt, snowball that sucker, whatever. You're doing all of these things, but many times it, can, it just feels like same old, same old. And even God is saying, like, you got to see what you haven't seen yet. Write it down. You cannot see, you cannot be what you cannot see. If you look in the mirror, you say, I will never be enough. God has forgotten me. It'll never get better. That was the worst year ever. And last year before, the year before that, and the year before that, and this year too is just going to be the worst year ever. You cannot be what you cannot see. The prophet Isaiah, through the Holy Spirit, says, I'm doing a new thing. It springs up. Don't you perceive it? And here's what he says. I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. What a surprising place for there to be streams. What a surprising place for there to be a way. Like, you ever tried to walk through brush, like like a thicket? You get get all the, 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 the burrs and the thorns, and like you're trying to get through there. Like, it's hard. Jesus does some of his very best work in the middle of the thicket. He does some of his very best work as he he prepares a place in the wilderness area. The driest parts of your life, he can crack open rocks and pour living water out of it. Don't you see it? You can't become who God's called you to become if you can't see who God's called you to become. The Apostle Paul, later in the book of Ephesians, will say, God wants us to grow up. How many of you love to see your spouse do that? <laughs> Let alone your kids, obviously. Grow up. And some of you, you're, you're getting closer to Christ, but there's places you need to get closer, just like me. Places I need to mature. Areas where I'm hot, areas where I'm not. Here's, here's four real easy questions you can have. You can talk, we call them the four helpfuls at Timber Creek with our staff. It's called the four helpfuls. It's not in your notes when you write them down. What's right? What's wrong? What's missing? What's confusing? What's right that needs to be amplified in your life? What's wrong that needs to be crucified in your life? What's missing that needs to be identified in your life? What's confusing? What needs to be clarified in your life? Christ wants you to grow up and we want to help you along the way. That's our hassle-free guarantee at Timber Creek Church. Engage the process. Jesus will change you from the inside out. He does the transformation. Give us a year of it and we're going to help you along the way. We're just going to help you along the way. Paul says, know the truth, tell it in love, like Christ in everything. In everything? Yeah, in everything. And so I insist, Paul says, and God backs me up on it. It's not just me going crazy that there be no going along with the crowd, the, the, the empty-headed, mindless crowd. That's no life for you. Instead, like take on an entirely new way of life, a God-fashioned life, a life renewed from the inside. Do you know that for a long time we tried, it's church and Christianity, we tried to change people from the outside in. Jesus does his work from the inside out. That's how he renews your life from the inside out. It doesn't start with you getting all your ducks in a row and then going to church and then God will, no, 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 no. Come with your mess, with your junk and he changes you from the inside out. 
And he works himself into your conduct, into your choices, into your decisions as God accurately reproduces his character in you. I got some room to improve here, everybody. I got areas I can see in the peripheral, my wife saying amen with her eyes right now. It's like, you preaching now, hubby. But I want this for my life. I want this for my wife's life. I want this for my children, for them to be changed from the inside out in their conduct and their character. You can have all kinds of good conduct and then never change the granite of who you are, which is your character. And Jesus wants to help you with that. I want that for you as your pastor. I want to see you, you enter into next year with the right evaluation tools so you can say, whether come hell or high water, come good, bad, or ugly, come great bonuses or even defeat, God is good. I have staked my life on it. I've sought him first. And even though not everything looked great in 2024, he is still faithful. And I'm going to take on the next year with assurance from the king of the universe. Now, this is all sounds good. God, fashion, life, conduct, character. Woo! Listen, everybody, write it down. It's time to decide. It's today. You decided today I'm going to get back into church. You decided. You decided. And February's coming. February's coming. It's time to decide. And you know, I've said this before. Pesticide kills pests. Genocide is an evil thing that would kill based on an ethnic group or an age group. Decide is killing your options. And the truth is, some of you cannot decide for 2024 because you still have a foot in 2023. And it's time to stop looking in the rear view, as the prophet Jelly Roll would say. <laughs> I watch award stuff too, everybody. And I like a little song every once in a while. <laughs> anyway, it's time to decide. Because the truth is, big decisions are just little decisions over time in disguise. Little decisions add up to big decisions and write it down. The quality of my decisions determine the quality of my life. Very heavily affect the kind of quality, when you, when, you, when you look at last year, some of it may be uncontrollable circumstances. It may be people and the way they've treated you or the way you felt or what happened at work. And the quality of my decisions on how I've responded to it, can I tell you, it's not about the boss who drives you nuts. It's about how you decide to respond to the boss that drives you nuts. The quality of my decisions truly will determine the quality of my life. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. You ready? Let's break it down today. Here's a big problem. You got it. I got it. It's a big old problem. We're not great deciders. We're not great deciders. Our track record isn't like mucho bien. We have a motto in our home. We started when Sage was three or four years old. There was a couple axioms we would say. We'd say, keep your hand in the hand of Jesus. Every time we drop them off at school in the school line, even when they were getting in their own car to drive to school, keep your hand in the hand of Jesus. But we felt like it was our mission in life and has been and still. And don't try to raise your kids till 18. Try to raise your kids to 32. You try to raise your kids till 18, you're gonna miss a huge chunk of their life, everybody. Now, I'm not saying you're gonna parent the same way you did when they were 14, when they're 27. 
but you are raising them to be a mature, God-honoring 32-year-old, not an 18-year-old. You're raising them towards that. And we've said it like this. We want to raise great deciders. We want to raise great deciders that our kids would make great decisions using the word of God as the moral compass for every decision we make. And we've adapted that and adopted that into our next-gen ministry here at Timber Creek. We want to help you raise kids that are great deciders. So TC Youth Kickoff, it's all about, it's having fun, but our goal, the Trojan horse, is to get in there with fun and food and hang out to help your kids become great deciders. Using the word of God as the moral compass for every decision they make. But we're not great deciders naturally. It takes some work because we can say, whoo, 2024, the year I eat healthy. Woo, woo, woo. And then I end up eating too much the next day. You, you ever go to the pantry and just kind of open the closet or look in the deal and it's like, what can I completely devour right now? I have never, I have never had carrots with cream cheese icing, but it is on like Donkey Kong. Oh, I'm gonna eat healthy, but I'm gonna eat too much. Oh, hey, here's another one. We'll save that money. And then I end up spending money that we didn't have on things we cannot afford to try to impress people we don't even like. Some of you are still, I don't mean to put a like, I mean, I hate to stomp on the class turtle today, but I'm just telling you, some of you are still paying for Christmas of 2022 because you bought stuff you couldn't afford on things you couldn't afford to impress your kids. You don't even like them. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> we want to be wise with our words. We want to be, as the Bible says, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. If there was one mantra you could take on, if there was one scripture this year that would get you out of a bunch of trouble and into a bunch of, of good things, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, done, goodbye, go home, make it happen. But we want to be wise with our words and we end up saying things though we'll regret and we can't ever take back. Even though forgiveness and forgotten, it's still there. Now, you might be saying, yeah, well, if I had more intelligence like they do, you know, it's people that always like, they got the smarts, they got the book smarts, they had the intelligence, they had the talent I didn't have, so they're able to excel in life. They got the attraction, they got the appearance, they got the, the good looks. But don't you know, as well as I do, that you can be the most intelligent person in the world and be living a miserable life? You, you know smart people live in miserable lives talented, and they are broke or at a dead end. So much potential squandered. I mean, good looking. <laughs> and broken relationships left and right. Because it doesn't make the final difference. What's the problem? We're not great deciders. That's the problem. Why? Let me give you three reasons. Here's why we tend to not be great Deciders, three, many, but here's just three. Number one, we are overwhelmed with choices, aren't we? I mean, it's Cheesecake Factory menu on steroids around here. From what to watch, what to wear, what to spend your money on, um, advertising that's become so much algorithm-based where, I mean, and you know they're listening in, you're talking about, I mean, you're talking about the craziest things. You're talking about dog suppositories, Next thing you know, blink, Facebook, ad. I don't even own a dog. Why am I getting 
this. Interesting. We're overwhelmed with choices. Do you know the average American faces 35,000 decisions a day? Many of those are subconscious. You won't even know it. You wake up and you pick up the phone. You didn't even know you made the decision, but you made that decision instead of another decision. You picked up the Coke or the Coke Zero instead of the water. You made the decision. You looked in the mirror and instead of it's gonna be a great day, you, you say, I don't know how I'm gonna make it through this day. You wake up and instead of saying, good morning, God, you wake up and say, good God, it's morning. 35,000 decisions that you're aware of and not aware of. How you respond, how you react, what you choose. And as the volume of my decisions increase, the truth is the quality of my decisions decrease. This is why you, leader, okay, male, female, you're a leader, you, people come to you all day, every day at work, and you gotta make quick decisions, smart decisions, good decisions, financial decisions, and you will be a leader that is like cutting edge. And you get home and you binge eat and you binge watch and you waste time. Why? Because you get decision, what a lot of therapists and counsel call decision fatigue. You spend so much energy making decisions, making decisions, making decisions. Finally, I don't wanna make a decision. Just give me the cream cheese icing, forget the carrots. And we deal with decision fatigue. Here, here, here's a, we get overwhelmed with all the decisions we could make. That Here's the next one. We, we're afraid of making a wrong choice, a wrong decision. And so what happens is we get stuck. We get into the quicksand of, of in between, knowing we should probably put our resignation in, but we're so worried about what the future might hold that we get stuck of making the wrong. Christians do this big time. We blame it on God. I'm just waiting on God. Waiting on God. You're waiting for him to show you everything and like a unicorn to like gallop out of heaven. Go to the other job, Chuck. <laughs> you didn't know unicorns were in heaven and could talk? Me either, and neither does the Bible, but so just scratch that from the deal. The truth is indecision is a decision. It's paralysis of analysis. Paralyzed. Because of indecision. And the truth is indecision is an enemy to your progress. I, I just can't step forward. I can't step backwards. And I'm just not going to do anything. And, and many times you are deciding by not deciding. So we can be overwhelmed. We're afraid of making the wrong choice. These are natural. You're not a second class citizen or a second class Christian. If you've dealt with these, you know who you are? Normal. We also, you know, this is the big one, and I know that this is a struggle for me. We allow our emotions to override logic. We allow the heat of the moment to override the logical response. I know there is nobody on the face of this planet, even my own parents, I'm telling you. Nobody believes in me more than my wife. Nobody. And yet she will try to give me something to improve and I immediately feel like she, what are you trying to say? My own insecurity builds up an emotion that's been in there somewhere, somehow, and I'm still trying to deal with it and I stiff arm the person that believes in me more than anybody else on the face of the planet. <sighs> because I allow my emotions to override my logic. And the people 
that I work with on the daily get my best attitude, my best emotions, and I go home and I'm not who I should be. Am I being too honest today? Should I just like, I'm sorry. I am the epitome of good. So your son upsets you. Your daughter upsets you, whatever. Maybe your son upsets you or your spouse upsets you or your server at Chili's upsets you. Logic would say, be patient, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. You know what emotion says? Fly off the handle. You deserve their respect. Better yet, don't even fly off the handle. Post it on social somewhere. Put it on there. Put it on there in, in what's happening, whatever county. That's the way you, let's talk about this. You're tempted by a situation. You're tempted by a, a substance. This is the year. It's t- listen to me. This is the year. It's time to start making a decision to listen to those around you who say you might have an issue. It's time. You're tempted by a situation. You're tempted by a substance. You might even be tempted by Stacy's mom because she got it going on. And logic says, danger, danger. Stop talking to Stacy in the frozen food section at Brookshire's. But emotion says, maybe I deserve this. God knows I've had a tough year. Danger. And the truth is, when it comes to our emotions and logic, out-of-control emotions never produce God-honoring results in my life. Never, ever. I have never counseled anyone. I've never talked with anyone. I have never met anybody that said, you know, everything was going great until I lost control of my emotions. Everything was going terrible until I lost control of my emotions, and that fixed everything. Out-of-control emotions do not produce God-honoring results in your life. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Paul says in the book of Galatians that those nine fruit, it's not fruits of the Spirit, it's fruit of the Spirit. You don't get to choose love, but forget patience. That's not for me. It's all one fruit. The Bible says against such there is no law. Nobody's gonna bust down your door and haul you off in handcuffs because you were too patient with people. Out-of-control emotions never produce God-honoring results in my life. So let's look at it and let's evaluate because evaluated experience is a great teacher. Have you been overwhelmed with some choices? Maybe you've been overwhelmed with the choices someone in your family's making and it's caused this tension in you. Are you afraid of making a wrong choice and you know it's between this and this and it's not between right or wrong, it's between two good things, but you feel the tension between the two. And so you're analyzing, but it's paralyzing. Have you allowed your emotions to override your logic? The people you love most, you end up hurting the most because you're responding out of emotion. This year can be different. It can be different. And you can decide today. This is the power of pre-decision. Everybody, every campus, everywhere, say it with me. The power of, one more time for those in the back. The power Here's what it is. You can write it down. It's determining the course of action before the moment of decision. Determining the course of action before the moment of decision. You know, my daughter has got two more semesters. She'll be graduating from college. Man, the time flies. It's crazy. 
This will be my, my 19th year on staff at Timber Creek. This is my 10th year as the lead pastor of Timber Creek Church. Time just goes, doesn't it? And when my daughter went to college, she began to date a wonderful boy. Um, and do you know when my daughter started getting older, um, do you know how many people would come to me and say, oh man, I uh, hope you got a shotgun ready when those boys start coming around. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the kind of relationship I want to build with a potentially future spouse of my daughter. I want it built on like intimidation, fear, and possibly murder. I, actually, I think that's fine. I think it's fine. No, 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 no. Listen, guys, we need a better response, especially dads of daughters, especially dads of daughters. We need a better response and get the shotgun out. Hey, don't, don't, don't. So my daughter's been in two relationships and both have gotten the same communication. And here's basically what it is. Hey, I'm not the kind of guy that's gonna stand on the porch with the shotgun. That's not me. But guess what kind of boy you're gonna be? You're going to be the boy that if you're going to borrow influence with my daughter, who I love more than you, who I am more responsible for than you, then guess what? You're going to bring me an agenda of your dates. You're going to let me know. If you want to date my daughter, I just want to know where you're going and what you're doing. And I want you to stick to the plan. Because like, you know, uh, winging it is the leading cause of pregnancy these days. And I care about my daughter's holiness. I care about my daughter's purity. And you know what? I care about yours too. So, so I want an agenda. I don't want you to go spending a bunch of time by yourselves in dimly lit places. Be around people. Be around people every time you go out. I don't want you going to movies. I want you to go spend time together and ask each other questions. If you really want my good advice as the dad of a potential future spouse... You Google 50 great questions to ask on a date and you start going through each one of those every time you get together. The movie, you can watch the movie later. Spend time together, get to know each other, have an agenda. Like this is pre-deciding the course of action before the moment of decision. You're welcome. Now, some of you teenage girls are scared to death right now because your dad is writing feverishly. Good for you, dad. Good for you. The Proverbs says it like this. Commit to the Lord whatever you do. Commit to the Lord whatever you do. The spiritual stuff, yeah. The physical stuff, yeah. The emotional stuff, yeah. The relational stuff, uh-huh. The work stuff, you bet. We have for so long put spiritual stuff as a piece of the pie. It's the pie. The whole thing is, a, is the pie. It's God's pie. Commit to the Lord whatever you do. And the scripture says it like this, full of wisdom, and he will establish your plans. But many times what we want to do is we want to make our plans, offer it to the Lord and say, can I get your stamp of approval on my plans? And you want the Lord to commit to your ways versus you committing to the Lord's ways. The truth is this, commit to the Lord first, no matter what, no matter how the, the mindless, empty headed crowd will go this way and that way at every whiff of cultural trend. If you will commit to the Lord and his way first, he'll establish your plans. If you'll say, I am predeciding to commit to the Lord, he will give you the plan. 
Listen, I know it's tough. Visited with two or three of you already today. A friend of mine broke out in tears because last year was a hard year. But we commit ourselves to the Lord. And he's going to establish the plans. I don't see the plan. I understand the plan. And sometimes his plan don't sound like my plan. But I'm going to commit to the Lord. That's a wise thing. So what I want to do in this series, what I'm believing the Holy Spirit wants to do through you in this series is basically finish up this thought that because the world spins madly on and it keeps on spinning and we're going to be standing here talking about 2024 when I do the world spins madly on volume three and you're going to be saying, have they lost all their creativity? And I'm going to say, yeah, maybe. But 300 and whatever days from now, do you want to change? You have to take a next step. He orders the steps of someone who follows him. Because the world spins madly on, when faced with blank, whatever your blank is, this situation, when, whenever I'm faced with this person, with this circumstance, with this temptation, with this emotion, with this insecurity, with this negativity, with this fear, with this worry, whenever I am faced with this, I have already decided to do this. I've already decided. So let's, let's, let's look at that. When faced with opportunity, I've already decided. What have you decided? When faced with loneliness, I've already decided. When faced with temptation, I've already decided. When faced with irritation and offense, I've already decided. When faced with past issues and present issues and looking to the future and thinking about issues, I've already decided. When thinking about anything and everything, I've already decided. Now, some of you, that may sound hard, that you will already decide good news and bad news all at once. You have already decided. You have. You have already decided. You have already decided, some of us, that when faced about anything and everything, you worry about it. You've already decided. There is no other option. You worry. That's what you do. You worry about it. You freak out about it. When faced with anything and everything, I fly off the handle. When faced with anything and everything, I just do it myself because that's just how you do it. You can't let anyone in. The moment you let people in, they, they let you down. Oh, uh, when faced with anything and everything, I, I know better than God. Now, some of you may not verbalize it that way, but you live it that way. Because the truth is, if your life and your plan contradict God's way and God's plan, it is not he who should change. And yet we want him to bend to our will versus us bending to his. We wouldn't say it like that, but you got your own way of doing finances. I mean, Pastor Courtney up here talking about putting God first. Pff, I knew it. I'm back in church and all the church wants is my money. Pff, I knew it. Well, you've already decided that you know more about your finances that aren't even your finances because God owns everything you know better than God, the manager of it all? Okay, 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 okay. So instead, in this series, this is what I want for me, this is what I want for my kids, this is what I want for my wife, this is what I want for you.
we're going to seek God first. I have already decided no matter what comes my way, my first response is prayer. It's not my last resort. It's my first response. This is why every year we start with 21 days of prayer. And in January, 21 days of prayer and fasting, we, we make space by sacrificing some food or different caffeines or media. And we invite you 21 days starting tomorrow, 6 a.m., 6 p.m. We gather together at the Nacogdoches location and the Lufkin location. We invite you, be a part. It's one hour. You're out by seven. Like, seek God first. You've already decided it's too early. You've already decided you're too busy. Or you've already decided, no, 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 no. 2024 is going to be different. I've got to take some next steps. It's time. It's time to decide. When it comes to anything and everything, I've decided to be unoffendable. Uh-oh. I've decided to be unoffendable. Do you know this is the leading cause of stupidity on Facebook? People getting offended over the littlest, dumbest, stupidest things and everybody else piling on. It happens everywhere to everyone all the time. People so easily offended by stuff. Offended, 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 offended. You get angry, you get mad, you get offended, you get wounded, you get hurt. You're not going to Thanksgiving. You know why? Because they, you know, they, my grandma always says something about my weight and she pokes me and I don't, I don't like it. And you're just, you're offended. Now, gram, granny, stop. Shut up, grandma. You never knew I'd say that to grandma. Shut up, grandma. Stop talking about their weight. Shut up. You don't think they're looking in the mirror, thinking it themselves already? Shut up. But the deal is, I want to help you through the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit live unoffendable. Where nobody gets to take the steering wheel of your life except God. Nobody else gets to determine how you respond and fly off the handle. Mm -mm, I'm not going to be offended. I'm going to live unoffendable. I want you to be a go-getter. No, 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 no. Stop. Pause. That's what culture wants us to do. Be a go-getter. Do you know really what will work better for you? Be a go-giver. If you are a go-giver, if you are adding value to people, adding value to people, adding value to people, adding value to people. If you are generous, there is no law against generosity. Generous with your talent, with your time, with your treasure. I'm telling you, it'll make a difference. It'll open doors that never would open to you ever unless you're a go-giver. Go-getters, you might get your piece of cheese. Go-givers, they own the maze. And you may have an American dream and you may have your dream and you may have the dream of the perfect family, but I wanna help you pursue God's dream for this church, for your life, for your family, to pursue, to decide, I am after God's dream first. So it's time to decide because the quality of my decisions will determine the quality of my life, not my intelligence, not my talents, not my appearance. And so Peter, who lived very close to Jesus while he was on the earth, he writes these words. Friends, confirm God's invitation to you, his decision, his choice, his decision of you. And do you know that his decision wasn't based on what you could ever do? Don't put it off, do it now. Listen, dads, what if this year you got a little better with spending time the right way? A little better. Don't set the goal of being the perfect dad because you'll fail miserably. But what would it look like, dad? Dad, what would it look like? What would it change potentially if this year you said, I'm gonna get closer to Jesus? And my kids are gonna hear me pray more in 2024 than they've ever heard me pray, ever. I don't mean you gotta talk a sermon. 
But what, what would that do in your home? Spouses, this is the year. It could be the year. It could be the year that you, you let go of the little things and you pursue the right things. And you don't succeed at stuff that doesn't really matter, but this can be the year where you begin to organize and succeed at what matters most, one step at a time. But don't put it off. Don't say, when I get the finances in order, when I get home and I start writing it down. No, no, no. Right now, right now, Knack, right now, Lufkin, right now, Mount Enterprise, right now, Groves, right now, Dieball, right now, Duncan. Well, I'm gonna wait till I get a new cellmate. No, 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 right now, you decide, you choose. As for me and my house, I have decided, do it. You know what? Do this, Put, choose his invitation of you. And even though the world spins madly on, the promise of scripture is you'll have your life on a firm footing and you don't have to feel like all other ground is sinking sand. Let me finish with this, good news, good news, good news, good news, good news. We're not saved by the quality of our decisions and we're not valued by God by how good or meh or worst our year was. We're not saved by the quality of those decisions. We are saved by the grace of God. Guess who is the best pre-desire? Who, guess who's the great desire? Jesus, before the foundations of the earth were formed, decided that you were so valuable that even in the most stressful moment of his humanity in the garden of Gethsemane, dripping sweat that was mixed with blood, he would choose God's way over his own will. While the people he was gonna die for couldn't even stay awake or get up to do 21 days of prayer, he still decided. Lean into him. Don't miss a week. This is the year. And before we pray, let me say it this way. Some of you need to recalibrate the way you looked at last year. It was the worst year yet ever. Okay, okay. And I know loss and I know pain and I know hurt. But God is faithful and God is love and God is still on the throne and you still have a heartbeat and there's still a future and there's still a hope and there's still tomorrow. And because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all hope is not gone. For I know he holds the future, I don't have to hold the future. So maybe it didn't feel like the best year ever. Maybe it felt like the worst year. It was a year. It's in God's hands. Let's decide. Let's press forward. All locations, would you bow your heads and close your eyes and pray? Right now, some of you, the decision is, I need to decide to follow Jesus. We wanna help you. We can't decide for you, but we can help you. First time or first time in a long time, you say, I've decided, I need to follow Jesus. You just pray a prayer like, God, I get off the throne of my heart. Please take the throne. Please take the throne, help me. Be my God, help me. 
and he will help you. For everybody in the room, you've got to decide. You need to make a better decision. You need to let the past be the past and move forward. It's time. It's time. Jesus, given the grace to take a next step. And we'll trust you because you're good. We'll trust you because you're faithful. We trust you because you're God of yesterday, today, and forever. And we ask it all in the name of Jesus, the strong son of God. Everybody said amen.